WrestlingIsReal.com proudly presents The Wrestling Is Real Podcast Because wrestling needs us Presented by KingofAmazon.com When you think of Amazon, think KingofAmazon.com As we begin the summer of professional wrestling in 2019 You do have to say this Even though AEW is not necessarily competition for WWE. What you can say is that the wrestling community in general has now started to put WWE under a very specific microscope. Everything that goes on with this company now can be criticized and is. Everything can be nitpicked. And the truth is, I think people's eyes are open now to what really is going on because they've really tolerated so much shit for so long. We've really been seeing this company continue with their creative issues to continue down this rabbit hole of never trying to do anything more than what's necessary, what's absolutely necessary to keep their bottom line. The company's been very complacent and the company has been very procrastinating. They're very good at that. And that's the corporate culture as well. No doubt about it. And so we look at what happens this week leading up to this super showdown, which is the epitome of just a cash grab. I mean, when you look once again, they're going to go back to Jeddah. We're getting, a, a oh my goodness, we're getting yet another unimportant to any storyline event. Remember that. This event on Friday, there's no reason, no reason anybody should believe the supposed mention that this is a WrestleMania equivalent event. It's not to anybody. Super Showdown in Jeddah this Friday is to capitulate, is to basically just give in to a full cash grab. We're just going to take the money. The only difference there is this year is that there are now rumors that are coming around that say that Alexa Bliss and Natalia are scheduled to take the trip to Jeddah this weekend. With that said, there's a chance, slim chance, but there's a chance because it has been asked by WWE to the Saudi Sports Authority, right? They're trying to ask that there might be a chance to do that. So let's talk about that. This is from Pro Wrestling Sheet. And the report goes, Natalia and Alexa Bliss are now at the event, are going to the event. Sources say that officials have been going back and forth with the Saudi General Sports Authority for the past few months trying to get a women's match approved. And while the green light has not been given, the two female wrestlers were flown to Jeddah anyway with the hopes that it will be given the green light before the show on Friday. Also, Renee Young will be in attendance at the event as well. If the women's match actually happens, that's about the only thing that's actually going to be good out of this whole event. It's the only thing that happens that might make people happy. And I think this is what what WWE can really hope for. Because they're really trying to hope that even though they're going to, they're not at all for taking the money. Okay, they're taking the money because 
they need something to compensate for the other shit that has gone on with their event because they're in a bad spot, remember? They're hurting right now with their house show business. We've seen that their ratings are taking a bit of a hit. We've seen their revenue taking a hit. You know, we haven't seen what the second quarter of the year has done for them because we'll see what the WrestleMania numbers are pretty soon. That call to the shareholders is, is imminent and coming up very shortly. When we hear about that, we'll talk about it right here. But nothing takes away from the fact of how two months removed from WrestleMania and whatever kind of momentum this company had, and they had a couple of events that really could have helped them out. I mean, they did have money in the bank. You'd have thought that, man, there would have a little bit have been a little bit of momentum coming out of those that that event right there. There wasn't nothing, even though the competition part that we would hope that WWE would be doing their part to try to improve their product and realize what's happening. Well, you know what's going to happen? It's going to take time for them to realize that because it definitely took two years when Nitro came on the air for WWE to finally make some changes. And remember, they're not hurting like they were before where this was not a publicly traded company. They can take a hit. They might lose some of it in the stock market and some other places. But if that happens, they're going to be able to take the hit and they're going to be holding on. Now, it's going to affect the deal that they have, but the deal's already locked in. It doesn't matter now. What happens is now the pressure's not coming from within. See, the pressure's now coming from the networks. Did you hear what USA Network is now asking WWE to do right now? That's another big storyline we're talking about that we heard about this week. And I was actually surprised when I read this. But I look over at a story from WrestlingNews.co. And there's a story that comes out that the company is now starting to experiment changes to the third hour to boost their ratings. That's the reason for the 24-7 championship. And that was done at the suggestion of the USA Network. Nick Mick Foley actually said fans should start noticing an edgier version of the show during the third hour in an interview with TalkSport. He said, quote, the third hour is going to get tougher, wilder, and more unpredictable. When I was GM, I knew that people were breaking towards the SmackDown show because it was a darling on the internet, end quote. And he mentions also, I think it's an idea to have the third hour more predictable and more like the Attitude Era. Is that going to really work? So far, we haven't seen it work. At one point when we thought the company wasn't really going to be mattering what they were going to be able to get out of the third hour, well, they're not. Not much. It's pretty bad. Pretty bad. As far as we're concerned, there is nothing that WWE is doing right now that's really creating any viral or any kind of buzz. The only thing there is is the Firefly Funhouse. And that needs to stay a standalone segment. We don't need Bray Wyatt to come out and save, be the savior of the masses here, okay? We don't need that now. Let him continue to build that gimmick into something more. And if you want to make that an on-stage kind of deal, okay, that's fine. But right now, it doesn't need to be. Let him continue to do this right here because I don't know what else you could do more than anything else. Looking at the shows this week, I feel like I'm just watching a broken record. And I know some of you don't know what a broken record is. You've never seen it before because maybe you're just too young. But really, we are getting in a loop. 
If you've seen one episode of Raw in the last six months, you've seen it all. And soap operas used to be like that. And that's another thing you probably never heard of either. But that's some of the things that used to happen. That was something that used to be a thing. Now it's gotten so bad that you can't just do that with a show and just expect every week to do the same thing. And almost in the same format and almost at the same time, you can't do that. It's not going to work. Plus, we already know that the brand split's thrown out. The wild card thing was just a little bit of a crevice. It was like almost like opening up a seething wound, and it just opened up more so that the blood will just start curdling out, and there's no way to stitch it back up. Because that's what it is. You're putting kinks in the dam that used to be the split between the two, like a wall. You put some kinks in there. You put a couple of holes into the wall, which is the wild card, if you will, as a scenario. And then that wall is going to crumble. because It's not going to stay up when you have that kind of push around. Okay. We had the same thing a couple of years ago. That was the raw super show. Remember? Well, that's what we're doing the same thing right now. It's just revisionist history. Just repeat history. There, It's the same gimmick over and over. Let's just do something else that we've done before and do it again. And then who else can we bring back for part-time to get people back into the interest? And this week, doesn't matter if you brought back Undertaker or Goldberg. Doesn't matter if you were going to resurrect the story, uh, a story of a feud from several years ago that's been done over and over and over again with Triple H and Randy Orton. That doesn't matter. Nobody's focusing on those matches. They know those are one-offs. There is no feud that will continue after this. Those matches were made to capitulate to the Saudi princes. You know why? Because they got a lot of money. That's what matters to them. Even when you see, okay, I saw earlier in the night, I wanted to see what Raw was going to do after the fact of seeing the videos over the weekend with Brock Lesnar, Stephanie McMahon, or, me, or Paul Heyman and Stephanie McMahon and see what they were going to talk about. So it was that part, right? And then we move along here to where we're at now with Drew McIntyre and the Revival. They're now stooges for Shane McMahon, which is only going to tarnish them in the long run. That means they don't matter. They're not even main eventers. The, the Revival is not going after the titles. The tag team champions are not even in the picture. The Viking Raiders are not even in the picture as well. I mean, the ta tag team titles, they're just, they're not even noticed. And it's because the tag team title picture is being replaced now by this Super Showdown feud. A Super Showdown feud of Triple H, Radio Orton, that takes over one. Shane McMahon and Roman Reigns, that takes over another. And because of the fact that he's trying to build some way to make Roman Reigns important and relevant with Shane McMahon out of a storyline that came out of nothing that was horrible and really just feels like it's been rushed after Shane McMahon and The Miz fizzled out. Now we're here. It doesn't even feel like it makes sense. It's because they fed a little bit to us before WrestleMania. And then we get to here and it's like, oh, we're going to just restart it again. It doesn't feel like any good. There's no heat behind it. Shane might get some heat, but that's all for him. Shane and his heat does not resonate to the other wrestlers that work with him. Elias, all those guys are tainted right now. They are tainted 
in go away heat that comes from Shane McMahon. Sweaty, low energy Shane. And so when I look at everything is the same, nothing changes. So Roman Reigns deals with Shane and the revival of Drew McIntyre continue to beat down, beat down Roman Reigns. And again, it's the same thing over and over. Your baby fans are just getting pummeled down. No chance to do anything. Seth Rollins is confronted by Brock Lesnar. But remember that he gets attacked beforehand by Baron Corbin. And then everything else comes up and says, oh, okay, here we go. And Seth Rollins is laid on the stretcher. What's his match going to look like? And let's look at the others. Braun Strowman in a match with Bobby Lashley got no attention. I don't even remember seeing the arm wrestling thing. I, I, I dozed off. I wasn't paying attention to it. I mean, the only baby face that looks like they've actually kept up with that's been kind of strong is Kofi Kingston. He's gotten a lot of airtime to cut scripted promos that he stutters over. Finn Balor has been a no-show. Might be on television in other places or out there, but, I mean, nothing mentioned about the demon, nothing mentioned about the feud. As we know, really, there are two matches that the Saudis really care about. Those are the ones that are being sold to Jeddah. And those are the ones that the kids in Saudi Arabia are going to know. They're not going to know a damn thing about Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler. They're going to know nothing about Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin. And you know why? Because those matches don't matter anyway. They are one-offs. They are championship matches. It doesn't matter. And even if Brock Lesnar is going to cash in, in on Friday... It wouldn't make a difference for Seth Rollins anyway because look what they did with him. I mean, Seth Rollins isn't going to have a fair shake. They're just going to let Brock win it. I guess that's what it is. I don't know. Maybe they won't even... Maybe they will screw with the audience more and the fans and continue to take away all of it. They might just go ahead and continue to keep the cash in away and just tease and tease and tease away. It's almost the worst thing they could have ever done was book Lesnar with the briefcase. Because the briefcase turning into a boombox, that was funny for a week. But, of course, this company can't help themselves. They have to do it again. But let's get back down to the real story. See, dangling that carrot. Oh, boombox. Brock party. It takes away from the idea that the fact that Brock Lesnar holds that briefcase means nothing. You're talking about a person that doesn't need the briefcase at any time because the way he's been booked forever he could have his match with Seth Rollins, win that belt back at any time, and no one would be any wiser. It doesn't make a difference to have the briefcase on him. And the only reason he's out there now, the last few weeks, to do anything is because he's getting paid with Saudi money. What happens after Super Showdown? He's gone. Poof. If he wins the title, he'll still be gone. Poof. Disappear. Goldberg, Undertaker, they have a couple of appearances for Saudi money. And then remember, you have those that, hey, to the credit, okay, you don't want to go ahead and be a part of this? I understand. I understand Kevin Owens. I understand Sami Zayn. I understand Daniel Bryan. Okay. And that's probably why we're not at the shows. The fact they're not going to be on the shows, that's probably also the why they were punished. Okay, then you're Brian out of the picture, loses twice to Kofi Kingston, 
made sure he was buried, taken out, put him into the tag titles, out of the picture altogether. All and that's it. So this company, for the last month, they've let Saudi Arabia walk all over them. They forced this company to basically take away any intriguing or interesting storylines for one month when actually the company could have done something right and actually given us a month that intertwines with the rest of the storylines and get us somewhere where we continue storylines so the feuds matter. And maybe actually do storylines and actually write stories and have character development, which actually NXT kind of does. Not to the extent you could, but they're at least giving us a little, little bit of a taste. But this company, as I have said since WrestleMania, now that everything is exposed, now that everybody's noticing what AEW has brought to the forefront, we are now all microscoping every little detail, every little nugget of things we see wrong with the WWE product. That's where we are right now. And no matter how many video packages, no matter how many angles you put together, no matter how, no matter how many TV segments of moments of bliss or the Miz or the uh, Miz TV or the Kevin Owens show or arm wrestling or contract signings or any of that bullshit, it will not change anything. The one-on-ones, None of it. Your retrospectives, none of it. And then you look at what Super Showdown looks like. And a little bit of that aura of what we like about what WWE does. Okay, think about it like this. Okay, the fans in Laredo, Texas, you know, they didn't get any pyro and the big interest for the Goldberg. No, they didn't. But you know who's going to get that? Jeddah, the Saudi princess for Saudi money. Right? That's what's going to happen. Watch. We're going to see that entrance. It's going to be like, here we go. The pyro. He's going to snort the smoke. And here we go. See, fireworks and pyro. They're going to have it there. Not all video boards like the company throws out for Raw and SmackDown every week. I mean, the video boards look nice. But again, that also basically just keeps the cost pretty simple because for that investment, putting that video board like they do and making it for both shows, it does not an actual set the build up. Well, that just makes it easy for the production people, for the company. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. But it truly makes everything we look at generic because then everybody gets the same entrance. It's like diversity, inclusion, and social justice warring. Everybody gets the same type of entrance. They'll get some kind of entrance that'll have something in there with a couple little extra things, but anybody going on main event, 205 Live, NXT, takeovers, and any any main roster shows, they're all going to get the same type of entrance. They might have a little change in the music, but really they're all going to get that big, big video look when they come on out. So they all get the same entrance, pretty much. But for that Saudi money, oh, we get some old school. We get back Goldberg and Taker. Pastor Prime. We get Triple H and Randy Orton, which is, we've seen it. What's new? And then the rest of the matches mean nothing. They're just It's just another Raw when you look at it. It's just another Raw on SmackDown at the rest of the show. 
But people will watch it because we're all going to feel like watching. Guess what else we're going to do? It's a show that's on WWE Network. We pay 10 bucks a month. Okay, we'll watch it. We'll talk about it. Because as fans, we're still going to talk about it. What's happening now is the fans are talking more about it because now we're just we're talking as critical and cynical as possible, which is the worst thing for WWE because people are talking about it, sure, and people are talking big about it, but it's in the worst light. So maybe the social media gets a buzz, but not the main TV product. That's still taking a hit. All of that right there is not good. One thing I want to do is not be able to go and start talking as cynical as some other people. I've heard some other podcasters as new as of late. Some people on YouTube now that are talking about the company, that are following other people that I watch throughout Twitter. And I see how they act. And I feel bad for certain people that will go ahead and recap upon recap, I'll cover on recap every show and every little detail, of every little segment that goes on. Man, I don't know how I can live with myself if I had to do that. I don't even think I want to be paid to do that in this time. Any, anywhere. I can't do it. I don't know how some people do it. And I listen to some recaps, but I'll tell you, there are some days where I just can't. It just, I can't do it. I couldn't possibly do it. So going on a raw to as well, just a couple of highlights. You know, why do we get Charlotte and Lacey Evans when you could actually, you could have set up, believe it or not, I think that actually would have been a better feud then Becky Lynch being a part of any of these, uh, any feud with Lacey Evans or Charlotte Flair whatsoever. Becky and Charlotte we've seen, and that's done. Becky retained. As for Lacey Evans, I would prefer that Charlotte and Lacey Evans actually have a match, but why did we throw it out on TV? No question. And how some people actually thought it made sense for them to go one-on-one. No has everybody forgot why do we want these one week kind of pseudo set, set up of a story or set up of a feud just to get the feud one off and blown off why i thought we were trying to help lazy evans here and again some of these newer stars they don't get a break none of them none there are just so many things you can pick out from a Raw and SmackDown that just really bother you, that give you a big problem about what's going on. Look, Rey Mysterio, he gets hurt again. Listen, I don't even know how he comes back. I don't even know why he comes back when he knows he's going to get hurt working for this company in some way, shape, or form. Samoa Joe, you know, don't want to say he's a little bit injury prone. He can cause injuries, but he has. Okay? That's part of the reason, I think, why Samoa Joe... Still doesn't get anywhere up near the main event. He's tagged as a TNA guy. That's what he is. And no matter how vicious and how he's booked, because he still is being booked pretty well, looking like a monster out there, but they're never going to bring him up there. His ceiling is U.S. title. And Samoa Joe gets the belt back. <laughs> he just got it by default. Because he decided to go ahead and say, oh, yeah, because he didn't really have his shoulder down. Yeah, yeah, give it back to him. Which is, I mean, okay, makes sense to me, but still pretty shitty way to go. We shouldn't have Ray Mysterio getting hurt like that again. But, I mean, for the company, oh, you know, that storyline already got done. And I think we were going to basically have it where, you know, Ray Mysterio was going to lose it here. He was gonna eventually going to lose the belt, you know, somewhere down the line. It was just a one-off. He's just a transitional champion because, you know, he's out there. We got to make him look a little bit good so he can look good for taking all the pins from all the other people we're going to have him up, go up against. 
It's what it is. You know another guy I've also not heard about at all talking about anything? AJ Styles. Do you see him at all? Because of Super Showdown, Shane takes his spot because he's best in the world. He has to go ahead and replay what he did in Saudi Arabia last year at Crown Jewel. And now AJ Styles loses his spot. Well, I mean, he got new contracts. It doesn't matter. That's okay. But you know what? It doesn't help too much that he just takes him off TV. There's no reason that AJ Styles got taken off TV. He just is out. He's just disappeared. See, WrestleMania equivalent, when they say that, it means WrestleMania equivalent because there are certain stars we will not see until after this event's over. And that's what WrestleMania time usually is. This is not even WrestleMania season. It's like, this is like WrestleMania Bizarro season. This is bad. If I got to give a little bit of a, a little bit of a positive light, I want to say I like the Nikki Cross Jekyll and Hyde character. I actually kind of like that. I kind of continue to lose. So tag titles on the women's side mean absolutely nothing. They're just props. It's it's as war is as bad as a twenty four seven title, it really is. Rick is saying it's Cesaro. They keep getting the death segment at like what is it segment fourteen or fifteen, and that's it. An Undertaker can't get out rest in peace before going to the Rad Keys. Oh, my God. Woo. You know what? USA, I don't understand what you guys are doing, man. Some of your shows you're putting on after the fact. Like, I know, listen, you can't put on suits as much now. That show's about to run out. Queen of the South, you're not running on on Tuesday nights or now you're running on Thursdays. I don't know why you're doing that, but okay. You guys are pulling a million people for that show over that night. You don't have a lot of the scripted shows. It's like USA's kind of taking a step back. Now, USA Network's going more reality than ever. I don't know why that is, but something going on. But that, I remember that was, the, that was the mode of the network in general. I mean, Mr. Robot, we're waiting for that to come back. I haven't seen that yet. I guess it's coming up soon. But remember, they used to have more shows that were scripted. They used to have Temptation. They used to have White Collar. They used to have a lot of other shows. Now, Radke's Chris Lee Knows Best. Oh, oh. And Ms. and Mrs. They like reality shows. And so I looked at Radke's and I'm like, okay, the mother's there. She's a little plump. I can say that because I'm fat as well, still trying to work my weight off. But my thing is, man, how much how much makeup do you have to put on one lady for a show? And it's like really thick. And doughy looking. And I'm just saying to myself, man, that's just too much. And it, I mean, I didn't even have the volume up because I was doing some other work. And I left the USA Network on in the background while I was doing some other work and doing some other things. And I look at them like, man, I don't know how anybody watches this show. I don't even know how this, this show gets ratings. But for some reason, somebody found this lady. She's like the next mother of Honey Boo Boo. And oh, it's bad. But again, reality shows are also falling apart. There's not much that's left over there either. When you got Pimple Popper and, you know, what's the next house renovation show? Or what else is like another thing with dogs or pets? What else are you going to do? It's just bad. So, Reston. Hi, I'm the Radkeys. Man, is that the way you want to go? Oh. <laughs> Wow, man, that was some pure shit. Let me tell you what. So really horrible, 
bad, bad. So SmackDown, same thing. And Dolph Ziggler, he sounds like NSYNC. Dolph Ziggler is quoting NSYNC, okay? It's going to be me. <laughs> they should have put the NSYNC song during his package. It's going to be me, right? Really, take the chorus from there. It should have, it's going to be me from NSYNC. This is Dolph Ziggler, and I can almost tell you, like, Every little thing I do never seems enough for you. You don't want to lose it again, but I'm not like them. Baby, when you finally get to love somebody, guess what? It's going to be me. I feel like that. The worst promos by Dolph Ziggler in his career. It's not his fault. This is what they give him. It's what they give him. Bad. So you got two guys that fought for a decade for the IC title, the U.S. title. Even Kofi Kingston pointed out, oh, see, you beat me for the IC title, man. You beat me for the U.S. title, man. And again, it's this is not a main event feud because you made these guys mid-carters for life. And then you have to bring them up to main event level because you have nobody else. You can't build anybody else. You have no John Cena, no AJ Styles to help prop up that roster. Roman Reigns is getting, you know, watered down on both brands and getting beat down by Shane McMahon and his stooges. Alexa, uh, let me uh, me go into the next part. Alexa Bliss, beautiful girl. I love her promos and I love her work. What she's doing right now without a belt, also horrible. When she doesn't have a belt around to work with and she doesn't get to play the ultra heel that she's really good at, She's not good in this mid-in-between role. She's a bad tweener. She's not a good babyface. She's a heel. And she needs to go back to being being a real heel. So she was kind of like here, but nothing close to where she was before. The really cocky, condescending kind of heel. They don't want to do that right here for whatever reason. And, you know, the story with Bailey, bad. Listen, Bailey, God bless her having the title. Good for her, but Alexa Bliss here doesn't mean much. She won the match. By the way, a throw-in all-together number one contenders match. You know what would be good and nice? You know, actually, that could have actually mattered if the Saudis and the Saudi money would allow the women to do that match. Why wouldn't have a number one contenders match at Super Showdown? Ooh, that would have been good. That actually would have gotten people over. Not just some match for the fact of, okay, Natalia. Alexa Bliss, no skin. You can go and ring, and that's it. So it's like we got to do baby steps with the Saudis. Well, uh, well, uh, uh, why don't we just let uh, come on the blondes? You know, the blondes. We'll, we'll, we'll keep them covered up. We'll put them in burkas. How about that? We'll put them in burkas. Wildcard burkas, huh? All right. <laughs> see, I'm a genius. I can see Vince going out of his mind doing this stuff. It wouldn't be a bad idea. Now, in the feud that they had for this women's title, you brought back former champions, all of them. Alexa, Charlotte, and Carmella were all champions before. So we have nobody new to put up there. I thought we had some new women on on the roster we could put in there to actually kind of put things out. But we don't. No, I guess not. 
Simply unbelievable. It comes down to the fact that, okay, after all that, we get Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre beating up on Roman Reigns. And again, Roman Reigns just gets beat down. And so Shane will, and then you got to hope that at Saudi Arabia, Roman Reigns will come out on top for the fans. Because you know what? That might be the one guy the kids might get over. You know, Saudi Princess, okay, Roman Reigns, that's for the kids. We want the big stars. We want the Attitude Era. Bring us Yokozuna. He's dead. Oh. Bring us Edge. He's injured. He's retired. Oh. Bring us Stone Cold to the Rock. You don't have enough money to bring them back. Bring me Mick Foley. He can't work anymore. He can barely walk. He can barely hold his teeth in. I'm surprised the Saudi princes are not asking for gimmicks to be brought back from before, right? I'm surprised they're not bringing back the beer truck or the milk truck or others. Actually, I'm actually surprised that Kurt Angle wasn't called for a match. I'm actually surprised Booker T wasn't called. Oh, I guess they're not big enough a deal for the Saudi princess. There's other part-timers you could have brought back, but oh no, no, we're going to stick with this right here. But then again, there's only so much you know, Saudi money to get around, right? I mean, with Brock Lesnar Goldberg, oh, they're going to have to ask for a million bucks. Okay, one million dollars, Brock Lesnar. Two million, Goldberg. Because what else are they going to come out and work? They're not going to do for anything else. Money coming in, those guys are just there for the cash. And when they know they don't have to work that hard, they can get themselves in shape and they can do whatever they're going to do, that's good for them. That's fine. So let's talk about that horrible Lars Sullivan promo, which if you saw the opening, uh, the title of the show, you know, the primary function of of WWE right now is not to entertain fans. They're not. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We didn't mention anything that, you know, the most interesting things of the week besides Firefly Funhouse was, if you didn't see on social media, Jinder Mahal for a moment, winning the 24-7 title, attacking R-Truth, who's a company with Carmella, out on the golf links. I'm like, the fuck? Why can't you play that back on TV? Why is it only for social media? Is it because the Saudi princess is going to be scared you're going to put that out there because it's going to overshadow Undertaker and Goldberg face-to-face? Really? Why can't we do that? I thought you're trying to save time and put some good entertaining content on TV. You're doing shit on social media. Replay that shit. You're already repackaging stuff you've run over and over with Triple H or Andy Orton. Why can't you do this? There's no logic behind that at all. Oh, it'll make the 24-7 title too important. Oh, no, we can't do that. We can't let Archer get over. Oh, no, no, no. Caleb Braxton. Wants to talk to Laura Sullivan, who's going to be in this three-on-one handicap match at the Lucha House Party. I think we've seen that a couple of times already. We're going to get it one more time for the Saudi princes, okay? So Lars is going to finally speak. Huh. Kayla Braxton, which, by the way, she's cute. I like the freckles. She says, what drives a man like him to do what he's been doing? Colberg chant start here from Laredo, Texas, because they have nothing else to chant for. Laura's pause before answering the question, which he could have just stayed pausing. Because I think in that pause, Laura Sullivan is saying to myself, okay, this promo is going to single-handedly fuck my career 
This promo is going to make people laugh at me. If I ever become a star after this promo, I will be surprised. I'm sure Lars Sullivan's saying that. I was the freak and I was really damn menacing in NXT. And in almost like John Moxley fashion, he probably got the script and said, you want me to say this? I mean, oh, this is a Braun Strowman promo. Oh, he didn't want this promo. Braun Strowman didn't want to read this, so I'm reading it? Is that right, Vince? Right? So Lars can't, uh, uh, so meet Lars Sullivan, the freak, right? You know, the man, monster among men, he won't talk about nightingales, but you want me to say it because I have no clout. Oh, I have to say this. Why? Because I said some racist shit on some forum 10 years ago. I don't know. Is this my sensitivity training? Let's talk about nightingales. My head is like bobbling all over the place. I can't even like fathom and I can't even wrap my head around why this is. But anyway, what does he say? You would never ask a night nightingale why they sing their sweet song. I wish this was Mike Knox reading this. At least he would have that high-pitched voice. It would sound better, right? You would never ask a nightingale why they sing their sweet song. And then he says, and you would never ask a lion why, the metho- why, they, why they methodically... Man, how does he memorize this shit and say these long syllable words? This is a fucking wrestler. How do you think he's going to methodically? Interrogative. Next, you're going to make him say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. If you don't know what that is, Google it and try to spell it. You would never ask a lion why they methodically stalk their prey before ripping their teeth into it. I want to know which motherfucker in creative wrote this shit. And I want to know how much that guy is getting paid to write that right there. And I would love to know who's the one that thought this is a good idea for a guy you're trying to build up, Lars Sullivan. Who thought this was a good fucking idea? <laughs> I'm like, come on. I'm in the pool and I have my phone on and my Amazon tap playing in the background, playing the broadcast. And all I'm doing is watching Kelly Braxton doing this promo here and letting Lars Sullivan bury himself word for word into the ground to become nothing more than a comedy act in six months. By Christmas, they will have him in a fucking Santa suit. Watch. You think I'm wrong? Santa Sullivan in Christmas. Book it. And Laura says, Then why would you ever ask what drives a man like me? I've been defined by one word my entire life. It's okay. You can say it, Kayla. And nobody remembers this freak because I don't think they've done anything at all to make us remember that, except for the fact that in every promo they've ever played or any package you've ever had of Lars Sullivan, Corey Graves says freak. Other than that, I could tell you, I couldn't tell you that. You could have given me a pop quiz. I wouldn't remember it. And most casual fans or most fans that watched that are hardcore, they wouldn't know that either. I mean, if you had something that people knew what he said or what he did, some of the actually recognize, right? If Miz said there's one that one word that recognizes that, that that identifies me, awesome, right? They would all know that. AJ Styles, phenomenal. Lars Freak, 
I don't know the fuck you're talking about, man. What? Who? Who are you? Nightingale. <laughs> Nightingale. We couldn't have used a vulture, right? Oh, that's right. Swing, singing their sweet song. See, that's what I don't understand. Why? Okay, who thought this was a good idea? Let's do something that's light and fluffy and get into more of the deeper stuff. Because the story structure, even, even that writing doesn't make sense. You could have, honestly, I'll tell you what, I would have been okay if you would have just got rid of that first line. I could come up with something else better now. Again, you would never ask a vulture why they sit around waiting for their vulture stands around while the near death are yet to die. Like, you know, waiting to tear off the carcasses of dead bones or something like that, right? But don't, I mean, this, whoever wrote this shit doesn't get it, man. Or they're just thinking, well, this Vince, Vince will approve it. It's a Vince approved script. Really? Does anybody think that if Triple H were in charge, he would approve that script? Does anybody think, I mean, Triple H, Hunter, please, if, if there is any way you're listening to this show, if this word you ever got back to you, tell me something. Would you repeat this fucking promo like this? Would you honestly read this back just like we heard it? I just want to know. And I want to make sure I get this word for word. And I want to do this. I want to I want to do this in this promo here and read it out loud like this, okay? You torch for reading this whole thing out because they actually got the words in. And whoever decided to write this down, I'm sorry for you. This had to be painful. So I'm going to do the Triple H voice, and you tell me if this sounds menacing. Would you ever ask a nightingale why they sing their sweet song? Or why a lion methodically stalked their prey before sinking their teeth in the flesh and viciously ripping it apart. Uh, then why would you ask what drives a man like me? Uh, I am no regular man. Uh, my entire life has been described by one word. Uh, do you know what the word is, Kayla? Say the word. Freak is what he said. And then he says this part, which is, again, I'm just, I'm sorry I'm taking so long with this. I'm not sorry, but I'm going to say it because this has to be coma-inducing. It was for me. About to drown in the pool hearing this stupid thing. When a lion performs its primary function, people call it a lion. When I perform my primary function, people use that particular word. My primary function is to hurt mom, dissect, vivisect, and dehumanize people. And then he asks, does she like nursery rhymes? Again, 
hear Triple H's voice if he said this. Three blind mice, uh, watch how they run, watch how they're caught, and watch how their tails are ripped apart with my bare hands and the beautiful portrait that is painted with their bodily fluids. Uh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. You want to hear what this is? That's what I did when I heard that. Slap my bald head, slap my bald forehead pretty well in the face in shame. This is how you book a new star. This is the kind of story we're getting. Now, the match doesn't mean anything. But that promo is going to be of legendary. That's wrestle crap worthy right there. I want to pray and hope for the day that WWE gets the new attitude or the new era that brings them back up to compete with AEW. And they look back at this promo and they say to themselves, what the fuck are we thinking? Because <laughs> really, I want this promo to be brought back. And again, I'm, I got to do a write-up on, on an article one of these days to talk about this. I have to. It's so bad. But again, what I'm also going to do is I'm going to put this in the damn show description of the show to document this for good. So that if I want to go call back the Nightingale promo, I can call this shit back and bring it up to all of you. And we will laugh at this shit again. I am sure of it. But what I can't understand, Wade Keller thought this was good. And there were some people that also thought this was good. I mean, I saw Blake Ostrager and Force. He liked the promo. What? This is where I disagree. Vehemently disagree. So Wade Keller said this, and I'm going to take a second here. Said that was tremendous with one big asterisk. Very well delivered and spot on the frame as character. That's a promo you could have seen in 1978 in any of two dozen territories to establish a new heel, and he made it work in 2019. The asterisk is that they shouldn't have been having Lars talking about the use of insensitive words. It's just drawing attention to the shameful, thing, shameful things he said over the course of several years. Bullshit. Fuck that, Wade. Come on. Ugh. That's basically what happened this week in, in, in television. And then we got Goldberg after that, and then we go on to where we are now. Okay. So awful. Pitiful. Pathetic. And, I mean, I, I I went on for a good 10 minutes about that. Deserves it. They did a bad job. A couple of things I want to talk about before we go and reel, bail out of here. Uh, so bad for Mickey James. He's got to go under ACL surgery. That sucks. So let's talk about some other things besides this. John Moxley getting the credit and actually the kind of... Uh, Positioning he deserves. About that. New Japan U.S. champion. Just like that. Took on Juice Robinson, won. Good for him. John Moxley no longer in jeans. As far as I know, people said good about the match. Great. Good for him. Good to see that. Good, good work. So yeah, John Moxley, IWGPU, United States Champion, the United States Champion, excuse me, 
After winning at the best of the Super Junior Finals at Sumo Hall in Tokyo, Japan. Let's take one more look at the Super Showdown card to see whether there's anything else that we missed out that I wanted to go and bring up. So we don't know who's going to be in the 50-man battle royal yet. Can't say about that. And the pre-show is going to have the Usos taking on the Revival in a tag team match. Just a tag team match. So if I had to pick a match, winner for that, I'll say Usos win. Because Revival don't mean anything. They're positioned under Shane, so it doesn't really matter. Impact Wrestling, I saw Eli Drake's now free agent. He says no longer contract, so that's it for that. We have a title match that's now been confirmed for Impact Wrestling Slammiversary coming up in July. And it will be for the X Division Championship. It will be Rich Swan, who's the current champion, taking on Johnny Impact. Ooh, that's pretty good. And also another match has already been confirmed. Brian Cage will defend his Impact World title against Michael Elgin. So that's good. July 7th. That's just a, know, four weeks down the line. We'll, talk, we'll do, definitely do a post show for that when it comes up right here at kingofpodcasts.com. Again, because it is gossip and things that people are going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about the Ring of Honor bully race segment, uh, that, that whole thing that happened uh, at a show recently. I'm not going to talk about that. It doesn't matter. I do see that MLW Wrestling, Selena De Laurent is going to now executive produce another program, which, you know, anything that she's doing right now, I'm watching. Dr. Wagner Jr. and Eho the Dr. Wagner Jr. are going to MLW. Some more luchadors coming into the mix. That's cool. And MLW is going to Dallas September 7th. Pretty cool. And also, in the same way AEW did it, MLW is going to open up the press box where members of the media can receive press releases, request credentials for upcoming fights and events. And now they have a line of communication with the league that you can also access. MLW.com slash media relations. Wow. Court Bauer also falling along the AEW route when it comes to that, which is not a bad thing. A little more free press is not a bad thing at all like that. So right now we're just waiting for the scope of things where we're waiting for other. We're waiting for October, basically. We're just kind of sitting around waiting for what's going to happen. Now, another story just coming out as we speak, as I am recording tonight. An interesting article coming out. So John Cena was at a Q&A at BookCon. And he made some comments talking about how the formula of one wrestler leading the, the charge in WWE is outdated. And this is after somebody that has been the face of, of WWE for so long. So he said this. This is an interesting comment here. Here we go. Quote, I think the dynamic of the program is changing. For the longest time, I think if you consider WWE a band, there's been one front person of the band. I think that dynamic is changing, and it's because the audience is too diverse. I think older males are watching it, younger kids are watching it, females are watching it. The audience is so diverse, so with a diverse audience, it's tough to universally please someone. In the 80s, you had a family-oriented program, and Hulk Hogan was the front man. In the 90s, you had 18 to 35-year-old males, and so comes Steve Austin and The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, because they hit right down that wheelhouse. Then it was me, but even myself, as you know, went through a polarizing stage where half the audience likes you, half the audience doesn't. So I don't think there's a universal figure that will lead the company forward. I think as the company grows and especially expands globally, you're going to have a super friends of the, the WWE, which is like people who are essentially fighting for equal share of popularity. I think the band essentially will have 10 lead singers of every race, 
creed, color, sex, ethnicity. So I believe that was, I was the last of that. And I think the, the landscape has changed so much that that's more of group effort rather than an individual effort. He is right. He's right. I mean, you can't say anything otherwise. It's absolutely correct. So this week, John Moxley winning the New Japan, uh, the IWGP US title gets more press than anything with Super Showdown. We know that. On a very quiet news week as well. And so the major independents, no big shows are coming right now. New Japan has a couple shows between now and the end of June. You know, all in, all out will be coming up in August. Super Showdown's coming up. Slammiversary's coming up. Best of the World's coming up. That's all within the next month. Interesting times, folks. Interesting times. And another story that's quite interesting that Fightful.com put together, the injuries. And think of the people that are out off right now with most of going on, and which I didn't realize some of the stories that they put out here. Again, part of the thing that really doesn't help WWE right now, which we don't talk enough about, is the fact that a lot of people are injured. Jason Jordan has been out for more than a year. Recovered for neck surgery, probably will not go back in the ring. The son of Kurt Angle, I think people are going to forget about that. Fandango has been sidelined until earlier this year, supposedly. Torn left labrum. And that's basically why Tyler Breeze had to go work in NXT because he wasn't getting any chance to do anything over here in the main roster, which may make sense. You know, for him, he said it was a lateral move. Well, it is because what is he going to do without having a partner? Because they don't want to, you know, the company's not going to put him out there and use him on his old gimmick. They're not going to do that now. Occam from Arthur's of Pain, knee surgery in 2019 in January, out for two months. Nia Jax, both ACLs torn. So we see she's getting herself back in, into rehab, which is great for her, but she'll be still eight to 14 months at least before she comes back. Rey Mysterio, separated shoulder, had to drop the U.S. belt. Ruby Riot had surgery on her for bilateral injury on 522. Then her left shoulder is going to have to get surgery. So, again, another young star shelved. And that's for that schedule and everything else that's going on. Mickey James, we just talked about. AJ Styles actually has a calf injury. He's going to miss most of June. Didn't realize that. Calf crusher. <laughs> Sankara, knee surgery on August 14th. Expected somewhere sometime in 2019. Big show, no word because uh, hamstring injury, and he has been he's had that in November. He was dealing with that. Still working on film projects though. Biggie meniscus there, April 9th, no word on return. Seamus getting a concussion, April 9th, no word on return. Jeff Hardy tearing his port PCL. Now has to how has to gun finally get surgery and will miss a lot of time. Tomasa Ciampa next surgery in early March. He'll be out for a long time as well. Tegan Knox, no timetable for return after serving, suffering an ACL, MCL, LCL torn, dislocated kneecap, tearing both meniscuses. Tina Sabatelli, torn pectoral, 
Chelsea Green, broken wrist, surgery to repair. Dakota Kai, knee injury, confirmed ACL tear. These are all NXT people. And by the way, they're not even working a full schedule. And look at that. Rhea Ripley, torn ligaments and foot, eight weeks out. Left peg tour for Eddie Dennis, fall 2019 return. Dominic Djakovic, meniscus surgery, May 7th. I mean, look at this, man. This company just does not be able to hold on to talent, keep them healthy, and look where they go when they get to Saudi money. And then everything just takes a detour. And look where you are now. Anyways. Oh, well. I hope the Saudi princesses enjoy their show. We're all going to shit on it, I'm sure. I will probably do a show sometime during the weekend, which will fall back up, a super showdown. And I'm sure some other things are going to outrage me that will make me want to do a little more of a conversation. So we will do that. And hopefully I'll get a chance to write a story I've been wanting to write about about a storyline that I talked about on the Squared Circle of Pop Culture, which is my other podcast you can look for at kingofpodcasts.com. Please do look, look, look at that. And we'll talk about that. Anyway, we'll come back over the weekend, probably Saturday or Sunday, most likely Saturday night. I'll go ahead and give you a recap of Super Showdown, talk about a few other things. We'll do a nice little condensed edition of the Wrestling is Real podcast. So until then, come back for another Wrestling is Real podcast because wrestling needs us. Thank you for listening to the Wrestling is Real podcast brought to you by kingofamazon.com. By Amazon. Help support the King of Podcasts. Shop now at kingofamazon.com. Subscribe to the Wrestling Real Podcast and King of Podcasts' other podcasts, the Broadcasters Podcast, and the Squared Circle of Pop Culture on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. You can also support the show with a donation through PayPal or Cash App. Look for the links at kingofpodcasts.com.